1: Busy sports day, boys hockey tournament in St. Paul. One champion has been crowned, Hermantown beat Warroad 3-2 in the 1A championship, 2A tonight at 7 o'clock. It will be Andover against Maple Grove, Battle of Northwest Suburban teams for all the marbles in boys hockey tonight. At 7 o'clock. Meanwhile, at Ritter Arena earlier today, UMD beat Minnesota in the quarterfinals of the NCAA Women's Hockey Tournament 2 1. The Gophers season is done. UMD on to the Frozen Four. Tonight at 3M Arena at Mariucci, Minnesota takes on Penn State in the semifinals of the Big Ten Tournament. If they win, they would host next Saturday night at Mariucci Arena. The pairings are set for the girls' state tournament starting next week over at the Umentary Pavilion and Williams Arena. Minnesota United FC, uh, they have a couple of 1-1 draws on the resume so far this season. And uh, they will be on the road. They'll play in New York against the Red Bulls. And uh, joining us is Andy Greedy, who covers saloons and Golden Gopher Sports for the Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities.com. And Andy, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, Andy How you been? I'm great, Steve. How are you? Good. Uh, The weather is going to turn. It looks like by next Saturday for their second home match of the season at Allianz Field against uh, San Jose, we could see highs in the 50s next Saturday. So uh, the news is good on the weather front.
0: Yeah, for sure. A week ago right now, uh, I was getting ready to to cover a game in in St. Paul, and it was just downpour rain for for hours on end and there was a 70 minute, uh, lightning delay as a cell, as a cell went over the stadium and was in the St. Paul area. And in the second half, it was a, uh, it was a puddle on one end and it was sloppy and muddy and, oh. and the dudes were able to, to make a comeback and, and get a, you know, quality, one, uh, one home draw against Nashville, which is been one of the teams in MLS in their first two years and starting their third year, uh, off with a bang as well. So, you know, it's, Talking with uh, Henry Lake last night, and you know their 0-0 and two start, you know, isn't sexy, but it's it's kind of sufficient and kind of satisfactory, uh, just given the quality of teams that they've played so far this year.
1: Yeah, better than a year ago. Uh, we, we've certainly already yeah. talked about that that part of the equation. Uh, a big improvement over a year ago, and and now uh, they go to New York. Uh, tell us about this club and this matchup.
0: Yeah, so, you know, Red Bulls is, is, a, is a club that's, you know, usually uh, above average. Uh, they've made the playoffs uh, consistently in the last couple of years. Uh, they've got a unique kind of high-pressing style that has uh, been successful this year. And while they've played, while well, Minnesota has played Philadelphia and Nashville, uh, two of kind of the perennial uh, top teams in MLS over the last couple of years, uh, New York is kind of in that same category right now. You know, they're leading the Eastern Conference going into the weekend and, and have uh, been able to score a lot of goals. Um, and they've, uh, uh, you know, put together two nice wins now. While Minnesota's played some, you know, high-quality teams, uh, the Red Bulls have not. You know, they've, their opponents have been kind of middling uh, to average. So I think Minnesota looks as an opportunity to, to at least get a, a home point and, and maybe get all three points
1: uh, with a win yeah and then it's right back to allian's next uh weekend uh saturday night to be exact against san jose i i still can't figure that out we we talked about it in advance of the home opener why not play in the middle of the day and i know television and there are other reasons but i i just think you're really playing with fire trying to play late afternoon or night games <laughs> in march in these parts
0: oh no doubt yeah i mean i I was curious about that myself. You know, these are not you know, nationally televised games. Um, you know, these are locally televised. So it's not so much about TV in a lot of these these early season games. So I've I've been curious about that myself. You know, I mean, <laughs> given the early starts, I think Minnesota United uh, would probably benefit from that, just given the fact that you know, maybe there'd be a little bit more focus at the start of games. You know, they gave up a goal against Nashville in the fifth minute and had to fall back consistently last Saturday, and that's kind of been a bugaboo for them. You know, they've had slow starts a lot of times, and, and it's something that they've, they need to correct because you're not a- always able to dig out of these holes. You know, the other team is, is probably going to sit in a, in a mid-block or a low block defensively, and it's going to be, you know, more challenging to score goals. So, uh, you know, they need to get off to a fast start. Uh, they need to play a, a complete 90 minutes. Uh, they've yet to do that. You know, they've they've got goals, uh, which is okay. Uh, kind of right around what their kind of expected goals have been. Uh, but this team for, you know, over a year now, for multiple years as a franchise, have uh, have not scored at the clip that they wish to score at. And I think you talk a little bit up to the conditions last week. It's going to be difficult to score a goal with that's muddy and sloppy and slimy. And, you know, they were able to kind of pull off kind of a cheeky, clever set piece to be able to, to score that goal. You know, uh, uh, Emmanuel Reynoso is, is their best player. He takes the set pieces and kind of chipped the ball to outside of the top of the box, and, and Luis Maria volleyed it back in towards the net, and it kind of ricocheted around, and Sonny Dotson got on the end of it to, to push it past the goalkeeper. It was kind of a, a greasy goal just given the state hockey tournament, You know, not something that's going to be on a highlight reel. Uh, but it was enough, and that's kind of where this club is at right now. You know, they're they're doing enough to, to be competitive, uh, but they've got goals to host a playoff game when the weather turns not nice again in the fall, and that means a top-four spot in the West. And, and getting wins on the road, snagging a few of those, uh, you know, doing so against a, a nice Eastern Conference team on Sunday and Red Bulls uh, would, I think, really make a, a, a better start of these first three games.
1: Yeah, and Andy, one other thought on that and the goal scoring. It is not because the Loons haven't spent money to to add scoring punch. They have. It just hasn't panned out or clicked maybe the way they had hoped. Is, is that a good way to describe it? Yeah,
0: I think so. You know, they've got, you know, MLS has three what they call designated players that are yep. players that, that uh, do not count against the salary budget. And two of those are strikers, and two of them were brought in in the last calendar year. and Unu uh, was the player that they got from France. He's their highest-paid player at, at $2.5 million. And he's currently not starting. Uh, he's gotten passed on the depth chart by Luis Amarilla, who is another one of their, their DPs, their designated players. Uh, and he's had some, some good scoring chances uh, but hasn't scored yet. Uh, Unu had a really nice chance in that Philadelphia game. Uh, so they're kind of right on the cusp of scoring goals, and you know it, their lack of scoring at this point hasn't come back to bite them. Uh, you know they hope to to score more than they did last year. You know, they were you know kind of towards the bottom end of the of the Western Conference in goal scoring, and and really kind of rode their defense. And uh, they're kind of doing that again here this year, and it's a little bit problematic just given the fact that one of the biggest question marks of this team was their aging back line. Three of the four. Are, are on the wrong side of 30 years old, and they're quality players, uh, but you wonder how much they have left in the legs, quite literally. And uh, you know they've had to juggle things on the back line. You know they haven't been able to start all four of those guys uh, together yet this year. Uh, it doesn't, and they won't again tomorrow as well. So they've had to juggle things back there, and and they've they've added more depth uh, along the entire roster really, and uh, they've really rode in that especially. Uh, on the back line and defensively, at center back and full back. So, uh, you know, there's been some moving pieces, and, and I think that kind of maybe goes more to kind of the, the, you know, the sufficient satisfactory element of of their two draws is they haven't been able to put together their first choice eleven. Uh, they hope to do so soon, um, but I think that's maybe a testament to how they've been plugging and playing and and doing enough to have a good start.
1: So uh, they will play in New York, Red Bulls. And that is coming up tomorrow, and that uh, is a late afternoon, evening start, our time, 6 o'clock, New York and Minnesota at Red Bull Arena. Andy, always good to visit with you. Uh, Take care. Yeah,
0: thanks a lot,
1: Steve. See you. All right, there he is, Andy Grady, Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities.com, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline to talk uh, loons and I made a couple of trips over to St. Paul uh, for the state hockey tournament and uh, other events. I live in the northern suburbs of Minneapolis, and Allianz Field really is a gem. Uh, Right there on 94, hard to miss. And uh, they, they have done a phenomenal job. And they'll be back home against San Jose next Saturday night. And the weather looks pretty good. Uh, the weather looks really good indeed. It's clouded up here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul. When we come back, we'll recap some Twins news. We'll talk more about Twins tickets, spring training, and the home opener uh, with Matt Hudson from the Twins front office here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. We'll also, 522, Here at News Talk, K3OWCCO Championship tonight. Double A, Andover and Maple Grove, Northwest Suburban foes for the Boys State Hockey Championship. Earlier in 1A, Hermantown beat World 3-2 of the final. And we'll we'll have a rundown of all the uh, proceedings today at the Boys State Hockey Tournament uh, Championship Saturday. And then, of course, Consolation and third-place trophies handed out as well. So, uh, big day in St. Paul and kind of a return to normal. Um, two years ago when the pandemic started, they were able to get the boys, or the girls and the boys' state hockey tournament. You may remember um, everything was kind of shut down right smack dab in the middle of the girls' state tournament. I happened to be doing games at Maturi Pavilion on TV, And that was the last high school sporting event I had called in a while because there, there were no boys section finals. There was no boys state basketball tournament. And then there was no spring sports. And then things resumed in the fall, and we kind of limped back. But this is the first state hockey tournament that – you know, it's kind of like, okay, uh, the building is packed, the band's there, and it's been uh, it's been a fun week over in St. Paul and all the state tournaments before that. Uh, the wrestling tournament in St. Paul, you had boys swimming and diving over at the U at the Gene K. Freeman Aquatic Center. Um, girls hockey two weeks ago at the X, so it's been really good. And then uh, boys and girls hoops girls hoops next week boys the following week the epicenter will be the U. maturi pavilion and williams arena uh, target center not really available i think there are some boys games early in the tournament at target center but for the most part uh boys and girls basketball will be over at the u and here's just my opinion no knock against target center it's a great building um they put a lot of money into it in recent years. I, I'm still convinced the new Timberwolves owners are going to want a new building, but, but we'll deal with that further down the road. Mark Lori, Alex Rodriguez, I, I think are going to want a new home. But in my opinion, for boys' and girls' basketball, you can't ask for more than Williams Arena and Maturi Pavilion right next door. On campus, I know it 's tough because the parking at the u has never been good. a hundred years ago when when I went to the u it was hard A, a buddy and I lived at home and commuted to the u we we 'd have to sleep out overnight to get a parking permit so and i don 't think things have improved all that much I know they're they 're encouraging more students to live on campus and all of that but uh That is a challenge. But with Maturi Pavilion and Williams Arena, one venue, uh, state championship games in the barn, I think it's great. And I I know the kids probably look forward to playing at Target Center, the home of the Timberwolves as well. But I I don't have any beef with uh, the epicenter for the girls and boys tournaments being over at the University of Minnesota. Those are are great uh, facilities. Uh, Speaking of the U... Uh, maybe you heard this, but, uh, the U and Lindsey Whalen have agreed on a contract extension that will keep Whalen at her alma mater into 2025. The extension became official on Friday after being approved at the Board of Regents meeting. Uh, this, This note coming from the University of Minnesota. And while they were quickly out of the Big Ten tournament, um, she still needs more time to prove what she can do. But with this extension, eventually a living legend of Minnesota sports will need to prove that she can win and win consistently. Why would she be held to a different standard than any other coach? Um, but I think she'll win. I think they will continue to get better. And it really is about getting players and recruiting and and getting good players, and that that is uh, the challenge for Lindsey Whalen going forward. I, 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 certainly, the program isn't anywhere near where she wants it to be. Um, you may have heard about the Twins trade. Uh, Mitch Garber is now a Texas Ranger. Isaiah kiner falafa a shortstop, is now a Twin, and Ronnie Henriquez, a minor leaguer for the Rangers. Uh, will likely start the year in the Twins minor leagues. Probably won't make it to the bigs this year. I guess you never know. But uh, Isaiah, and uh, apparently he likes easy. Kiner Falafo will be their shortstop. Uh, because Andrelton Simmons signed with the Cubs, and they needed an option. They weren't going to move Jorge Polanco over there. He's going to stay at second base. Luis Rice will probably be in a utility role. You got uh, Miguel Ceno over at first, Josh Donaldson over at third, and a number of other options on the infield for the Minnesota Twins. So uh, they have a shortstop and a good defensive shortstop, but but now it's all about pitching. Phil Miller joined us about an hour ago, and I keep harping on it. All, all my friends that 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 cover the major leagues for a living, Scott Miller, Bob Nightingale. Uh, Phil Miller talked to Doe Young Park and others, and it's just kind of like they need pitching, and ho- hopefully they make some moves on that front. Speaking of the Twins, about 20 minutes from now, we're going to visit with Matt Hodson, who's been really good to join us during the twin season, get us up to date on what's going on at Target Field and some of the promotions, et cetera. And we are going to talk about all of that stuff and the fact that tickets will be available For the April 7th opening day at all 81 Twins home games. And the opportunity to buy is coming up really soon. So we'll have that uh, with Matt coming up in a bit. Following the weather, we're going to visit with Cal Soderquist and we'll talk Timberwolves. If you look at the body of work this season, their two games with Orlando have been forgettable, including one last night. They'll turn the page, they get to Miami Heat tonight, Our coverage begins at 6.30 with Cal. Alan Horton with all the play-by-play. Timberwolves will take on the Miami Heat. No Jimmy Butler in the lineup. We'll ask Cal about that. Who will be available for Miami in the game tonight in South Florida? That is on the way here at News Talk. E3O WCCO. Timberwolves back at it tonight in Miami against the Heat. 45-23 Forty-five and twenty-three on the year. No Jimmy Butler, we've learned in the lineup tonight. Our pregame show begins at six thirty and the tip at seven. The man handling the pregame show, Cal Soderquist joins us on the line. Cal, how you been?
2: I'm good, Steve. I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Yeah, good. Uh a little better than the Timberwolves last night to get beat by Orlando for the second time this season uh in what's been such a fun year for the Timberwolves. Uh, the, the games with the Magic stand out as being uh, not so good. Yeah, they're,
2: they're head-scratchers for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Magic sweep that season series, and I, I think the Wolves have, you know, they've just always kind of struggled uh, in Orlando, regardless of, of how good or how bad that team has been in a given <laughs> year, um, and I think, you know, yeah, they're, they're bottom of the Eastern Conference, but They've played much better, uh, you know, dating back to the All-Star break. They, they had the best defensive rating uh, over that stretch. Um, they were 4-3 and three entering that game last night. And um, I think their team, you know, kind of, I, I sort of equate it to how the Wolves were playing at the end of the season last year. You know, they, they really genuinely were trying to build some momentum into the off season and get their guys some chemistry. Um, So they're not, I I don't put them in the same category as like the Blazers or the Thunder that we just saw, where they're being strategic with with guys uh, that they rest and and assign sort of, you know, air quote injuries to to, uh, increase their ping pong ball chances. Um, I I think the Magic are going to play out the the string and and play hard. And I think we saw that, you know, as the Wolves built those big leads. Uh, They led by as many as 18 in the first half, but every time they they kind of built up a lead. Orlando rallied right back and uh, ultimately got that win.
1: Yeah, and it Cal, it's been puzzling or, or surprising because I, I was doing a, a girls' section final at Augsburg, and when I got out of there, I caught you on the postgame show and then listened to Henry Lake and Timberwolves tonight all the way home uh, about the loss. I, I was surprised because the Timberwolves, one thing they've done as of late – they've taken care of business against bad teams.
2: They have. And I think it's, it's, it has been a sign of progress for this team. And I think it's a credit to, you know, Chris Finch and his staff. They've they've really had the the players prepared and sort of ready to go night in and night out, focused on the game plan. The game plans have worked really well. And also the leadership too, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, um, we've talked a ton about Pat Beverly and his impact in the locker room and on the floor. And I think it has, all of that has helped the team sort of avoid, you know, these bumps in the road or letting these, uh, you know, lesser slash inferior opponents kind of sneak up on you. It hasn't happened as often, but you just kind of wondered entering that game last night, you know, after the wolves, they had one six straight, those last three wins, like I mentioned were against severely shorthanded Portland Trailblazers twice and then the Thunder in the middle of the week. Uh, And and then you go out on the road and, and, you know, the Magic were, by definition, I think they were a step up in competition, which is crazy to say, but compared to the Blazers and Thunder, um, I think the Wolves, just for whatever reason, maybe not to say they didn't anticipate that. I I think they gave them the proper respect, but I think um, maybe when they built those leads, they thought, all right, we've got them right where we want them. We can maybe take our, our foot off the gas a little bit. Um, and Orlando took advantage maybe of that mindset.
1: Yeah, and it's just a reminder, these guys are in the NBA and they're still good players and among the best players in the world And on any given night, and you see it all the time. You know, even the great teams in NBA history don't go 82-0, and so there you go. Uh, but the, the Timberwolves have a chance to get back at it tonight against a very good Miami team, but a banged-up Miami team tonight.
2: Yeah, they're on the second end of a back-to-back, just like the Wolves are. And I know fans are probably um, at least a little bit disappointed that they won't get to see you know, the Wolves against Jimmy Butler. It was a ton of fun when these two teams met up at the Target Center way back uh, in November, I think the night before Thanksgiving, Jimmy got booed basically every time he touched the ball. I remember that was the game, too, where Anthony Edwards had the uh, the, the would-be dunk of the year that, that was called off due to an offensive foul. Um, so it, it was a fun matchup that time around. The Wolves prevailed in that game. I think it'll be a much tougher challenge tonight in, in Miami, even with Jimmy sitting this one out. Um, the Heat were at home last night. They beat the Cavs, so they, they've got a little bit of the rest advantage on the Wolves who had to traveled a short distance from Orlando, but I, I think, you know, I, I think the Wolves will play better tonight. I, I think um, the loss last night, we've seen it from this team quite a bit, that they have usually performed pretty good coming out of losses or, or efforts like we saw last night. And I think, you know, that was maybe the wake-up call that was needed, that, um, you know, whatever effort and mentality and focus that that got you wins against the Blazers and Thunder recently, earlier in the week, That doesn't cut it against the Magic. It certainly won't cut it against the Heat, even if they are missing Jimmy. So I I think the Wolves will play well. I I know it will be an uphill task. Um, The Heat are obviously really well coached under Eric Spolstra. Even without Jimmy, they still have Bam Adebayo, who is a a menace defensively. Tyler Hero has been a, a huge sort of scoring punch for their second unit. Um, and they've got you know they've got shooters that can get hot if the wolves don't have uh, everything buttoned up defensively and you know they're they're the top team in the east for a reason so it's a it's a tall task but I think uh, the wolves will at least play with that urgency that uh, maybe was lacking at times last night.
1: Yeah, and kind of a weird road trip for the Timberwolves because after this stint in Florida, they they make the flight over to San Antonio, Texas, in a date with the Spurs on Monday night before returning home to take on L.A. on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, and it's it's three games and four nights. That, that started last night, too. And like you mentioned, they, they'll they put on some miles uh, going from, from Miami to, to Texas tonight. So I think, you know, the, the team has known that there's got to be an urgency for every single one of these games. And, and Carl Anthony Towns kind of echoed that last night after the loss, that, you know, everyone, this, this is really, truly the – the sprint to the finish uh, section of the schedule. Every one of these games could potentially be the difference between, um, you know, catching one of those teams ahead of Minnesota in the standings, either the Mavs or the Nuggets. Um, and, and every one of these losses, you know, like last night, could could be the one that uh, you end up really regretting and you end up wishing that you had back. So I I think the team is is prepared. Um, you know, we'll see which guys ultimately are available. It sounded like. Jared Vanderbilt will miss this one. Uh, he, he probably was playing hurt last night uh, in Orlando. Pat Beverly suffered the ear injury last night and was ruled out late in the first half. Um, I think he's questionable or doubtful into this one tonight, but it does sound like Anthony Edwards would be good to go on the second end of a back-to-back. So that's a huge, huge boost after uh, he had missed four straight earlier in the week and then you know returned Wednesday and played last night.
1: We'll see how the Timberwolves respond. And, uh, Cal, what do we got coming up on the pregame show in 45 minutes? Yeah, we're actually
2: going to take a, a, a fun trip down memory lane um, and listen back into uh, the last time the Timberwolves won on the road against the Miami Heat. It was um, pre-pandemic. It was it was late February. The Wolves had just had the massive uh, trade deadline moves that brought D'Angelo Russell in and Malik Beasley and others. Um, and that team got a sort of a signature win against Jimmy and the Heat, so we'll listen back into some of the highlights and some of the postgame comments from the team uh, at, at that one, and hopefully that then summons some good vibes for, for another uh, win on the road against the Heat.
1: All right, Timberwolves and Heat tonight from Miami. Cal with the pregame at 630, Allen Horton with all the play-by-play here on a Saturday night on the home of the Timberwolves. Cal, always good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, agreed. Thanks, Steve. Anytime. All right, there he is, Cal request. 15 minutes down in front of 6 o'clock. When we come back, we'll talk Twins baseball. Uh, the players and owners got together, and earlier in the program, we talked to uh, Phil Miller about the trade that sent Mitch Garber to the uh, Texas Rangers for shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Falafa and uh, minor league pitcher Ronnie Henriquez. Uh, the Twins start spring training games on Thursday, we're going to have a radio schedule coming out very, very soon. They'll get the Red Sox cross town at JetBlue on Thursday at noon. And then, of course, uh, the season opener and home opener all wrapped into one on April 7th. Matt Hudson will join us from the Twins front office, and we'll tell you when you can buy single-game tickets. We'll get into all of that coming up here on News Talk. 830-WCCO. Twins fans and baseball fans everywhere got very good news when a uh, deal was signed. Players and owners get together and let the season begin. Spring training uh, getting underway. Players reporting. Games start on Thursday. Twins and Red Sox from JetBlue uh, and the Twins' regular season opener and home opener all rolled into one on April seventh. And uh, joining us to talk about all that happy news, Matt Hodson from uh, the Twins front office and. Uh, Matt, good to visit with you again. You, you're always good to to join me during the 2021 campaign, and here we are, 2022, and uh, the games begin very soon.
3: That's great news, isn't it? Great to be back and talking about Twins baseball and uh, and, and the season that's right now, right around the corner for us, which is uh, absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, and uh, a, a lot of news about spring training games. We're going to have the broadcast schedule very soon. Uh, But once again, Twins and Red Sox from JetBlue on Thursday. They'll take on Atlanta on Friday. And then the first games at Hammond Stadium next Saturday and Sunday. And then, of course, uh, the the home opener, the regular season opener on uh, the 7th at Target Field. And uh, a chance for Twins fans to get involved in single-game tickets coming up very quickly, Matt.
3: Yeah, real quickly, this Thursday, uh, March 17th, the tickets will go on sale at 10 a.m., Um, For all 81 home games, and and that just, after after a long, sometimes frustrating winter, how glorious is it to say that we're playing all 162, all 81 home games as scheduled, beginning with that April 7th opening day. Always a ton of fun to play on Major League Baseball's opening day at home, Uh, and and tickets go on sale uh, this Thursday, March 17th at 10 a.m., and for the first 48 hours, no fees attached. We'll uh, we'll pick up the tab for you on those. So uh, get your tickets and uh, and come on out to the ballpark.
1: Yeah, outstanding. And uh, of course, you can go to the uh, team website, TwinsBaseball dot com, and get a look at that schedule. And uh, opening day is always magical. We're going to keep our fingers crossed that we're going to get a 60 degrees sunny day at Target Field, and that. Uh, but but opening day is really cool, and there's a lot of stuff already planned around opening day and uh, the the first home stand of the year, Matt.
3: Yeah, there sure is. It's going to be a lot of fun, you know. We'll have uh, uh, we'll release our full opening day pageantry plans here coming up in the next couple of weeks. But uh, that that first home stand will be awesome. It's always great to be back at the ballpark and, and watching Twins baseball. Uh, all three uh, or the first three games against the Mariners is actually a wraparound series on a Monday, but. Uh, Thursday the 7th and Saturday and Sunday the 9th and 10th, we'll be giving away a uh, really cool Twins jacket to the first 10,000 fans all three days. Uh, and then, uh, the Tuesday, Wednesday of the following week, the 12th and 13th, we've got the Dodgers coming to town. Uh, first time they've been here in a long time. That'll be a lot of fun. And, and, uh, you know, it's a great schedule all the way around. It's, it'll be a lot of fun this year. We've got, um, uh, some history to celebrate on July 16th, a Saturday we play the white Sox before that game, we're going to retire Jim Cotts number, uh, 36. will hang up down there on the, on the, on the left field line. Um, August 6th, we'll, uh, we'll welcome back Tony O and Jim Cott from, from Cooperstown with our own special ceremony uh, at the ballpark, uh, August 20 and 21st, um, uh, our twins of Fame weekend with, with Gardy and, and Dan Gladden and Cesar Tovar going in and, uh, It'll be a lot of fun all year long. It's it's a great schedule, packed with some great giveaways and, and great opponents. It's uh, this is going to be a fun fun season.
1: Yeah, no no doubt, and uh, and we're so glad uh, we're back into the business yeah. of talking about what's happening on the field and all, all the fun at Target Field once again. April seventh, tickets go on sale on Thursday. Best way to do it: go online, Twins website for sure.
3: Yeah, Twins website's a great way you can you can buy your tickets wherever you are that way twinsbaseball.com. Uh you can also give us a call 1-800-33 Twins or if you're in the neighborhood come on by the ballpark and uh, and the Target Field ticket office will be open and and you're and Steve you're absolutely right. I mean this week what a great day not only for us at Target Field but uh, for the community, for the many fantastic businesses around the ballpark. Yep. And really, a day of celebration for anybody who loves this great game. We're, we're back. We're playing 162, and and this deal I really think will will set the table for us all to come together and evolve the game in some really exciting, meaningful ways. It's is it, cause for celebration.
1: Yeah, and, and it's it's good to talk about what's the lineup going to look like, what's the pitching rotation going to look like. That's what we should be talking about. Well, Matt, Absolutely. good to visit with you. Yeah, you good to too. visit with Thank you. you. All right, Thanks. Matt Hodson uh, joins us from the Twins' front office. And uh, it's always good uh, to, to join us throughout the course of the season. Always a pleasure to, to visit with him here on News Talk, e 3 C C O, And he is the Senior Manager of Business Communications. Of course, Dave St. Peter, always good to join us as well here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Here's what we got coming up. All the news at 6, and we've got a little bonus sports Saturday on the way. Dan Baird, girls coach at Becker, they're the number one seed in the 3A tournament starting next week at the U. We'll get a preview of that as they try to defend their title. And then we'll have a final rundown of all the scores, get you ready for the Timberwolves and the heat from Miami coming up. Weather-wise, cloudy but Mild, 24 now. We'll bottom out at 22, slight chance of snow. Sunday, not bad, sunny in 41. And then a chance of rain or snow Sunday night into Monday. More on that in a moment here on News Talk. E3O WCCO.